Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the name of our triune God, my dear fellow redeemed, can you remember the day of your baptism? Now, many of us probably answer no to that question because we were very small when we were baptized. We've maybe seen pictures of our baptism or our baptismal certificate or heard our parents or godparents or other relatives describe that day to us, but we ourselves don't remember it. Now, if we were baptized when we were older, we probably have vivid memories of that day. But whether we remember our baptism or not, we understand the profound impact that it has had in our lives. That it is through baptism that our old sinful nature was drowned and that we were born again into a new life of faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Baptism connects us, intimately connects us to the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior. Now, a few weeks ago, I had a rather unique and special opportunity to minister with the sacrament of baptism to several people in very different stages of life. First, I was able to baptize one of our older members. This person had been a Lutheran for many, many years, but not at the beginning of their life. And as they were going through some old things, they realized that they had, in fact, never been baptized. And as soon as they realized this, they expressed to me a strong desire to be baptized, to be baptized, to have that wonderful sacrament given to them and all the blessings that come with them. And so, with joy, I was able to baptize this person. Then, Several days later, I had the opportunity to go to the hospital and baptize a baby that was a little bit more than a day old. You had two people on the very opposite ends of life who both received the blessing of baptism. Then after baptizing that small little baby, I immediately went to visit one of our other members who is nearing the end of her life and is on hospice. Now, while I didn't baptize her, I was able to share with her and remind her of the blessings of her baptism, that because of her baptism, she is connected to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that through her baptize, she has been born again, and she does not need to fear death, because when she falls asleep in the Lord, she will awake in the glorious joy of eternal life in heaven. These three people were at very different stages of their lives, but all three were able to benefit from the amazing blessings of baptism. Now, in our lesson from Romans this morning, the Apostle Paul reminds us of the power of baptism. He reminds us that baptism is more than just a ceremonial washing with water. It is instead water used by God's command and connected to God's word. Paul tells us that baptism intimately connects us to the death and burial of Jesus Christ. And the Christian church, the early church, wanted to emphasize this unique connection that the Apostle Paul is talking about. And so many early churches had a baptistry like the one I have pictured for you on the screen, where the people would go down steps into a chamber hollowed out in the rock to symbolize being buried with 
Christ. And this is the picture that Paul wants us to have in mind, that we have been buried with Christ, and that through baptism we are connected to his death. And in the same way, just as we are connected to the death of Christ, so also we are connected to the glorious resurrection of our Lord and Savior. And so, my dear friends, this morning, as we celebrate the baptism of our Lord, let us keep in mind that just as we are baptized in Christ, we are also buried in Christ. Now, the Apostle Paul began our lesson from Romans this morning by asking a perfectly logical question. Do we as Christians keep on sinning so that grace can increase? Now, I say logical from the sense of a sinful human perspective. You see, the question that the Apostle Paul is asking there is one that Satan wants us to ask ourselves because our sinful nature loves to sin. And Satan loves to twist God's word, and so Satan wants us to have the mindset that if we look at the death of Jesus Christ, and we think about how Jesus has paid for all of our sins, well then, by all means, that gives us a license to keep on sinning. That we don't need to worry about keeping God's commands, because after all, all of our sins have been paid for, so what does it matter if we keep on sinning? God will just forgive those sins. What a horrible, horrible perversion of God's grace and mercy. The attitude that since we are forgiven, we now have a license to keep on sinning makes a mockery of the sacrifice of our Savior and also makes a mockery of the holiness of our God. Paul answers this question with an emphatic no. That as Christians, we should not continue to keep living in sin, but instead we should consider ourselves as those who have died to sin. Paul reminds us that our sinful natures have been put to death on the cross with Christ. Our sinful nature was drowned in the waters of holy baptism, and because of this, we should live as those who are now dead to sin. But how well in our lives of faith do we carry that out? Do we live each day as if we are dead to sin? Do we start each day by remembering the waters of our baptism and drowning our old sinful nature? Or do we instead so often fall into those sins of habit, those sins which come to us almost without thinking, Sins of lying or gossiping or coveting or lusting or a host of others. Sins that we find ourselves falling into again and again and again. Sins that at times in our life we may feel like having the attitude that Paul described a few verses before and say, well, it's really not a big deal if I keep doing this because after all, I'm forgiven. God's forgiven me in the past. He will continue to forgive me, so I don't need to worry about these sins. And instead of struggling against our sinful nature, we let sin have free reign in our lives. Instead of living as those dead to sin, we live as those 
who have sin alive and active in them. In Romans chapter 6, Paul wants us to consider this point. Paul wants us to think about how we do not live as those who are dead to sin. But then in Romans chapter 7, Paul, also being a sinner, understands the very real struggle that all Christians deal with every day of their lives. While our old sinful nature has been drowned in the waters of baptism, it has not been completely killed. We must fight against that sinful nature every day. We must fight against the temptations of Satan and the allure of sin. We must struggle in our faith. Paul describes that struggle in Romans chapter 7 when he writes, Indeed, I know that good does not live in me that is in my sinful flesh. The desire to do good is present with me, but I am not able to carry it out. So I fail to do the good I want to do. Instead, the evil I do not want to do, that is what I keep doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I am doing it, but it is sin living in me. This is the wretched state of our fallen condition. Even on our very best days, we fall far short of that standard of perfection that our God demands of us. If it was up to us to save ourselves by our works, or if it was up to us to be saved by how well we keep God's commandments, all of us would stand condemned before the throne of our just and holy God. The Apostle Paul writes this about this condition when he says, What a miserable wretch I am! Who will rescue me from this body of death? The answer to that question is, of course, Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul tells us through no uncertain terms that through baptism, we have been directly connected to the death and resurrection of Christ. Paul writes, or do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Because through baptism we have been connected to the death of Christ, we receive all the benefits of his death. Dear friends, our sins have been paid for with the blood of our Savior. Jesus Christ came to this world, he lived a perfect life, and then he offered that perfect life as a sacrifice to make payment for the sins of the entire world. We deserved death, but Christ died in our place. We deserved the wrath and punishment of God, but Christ was punished in our place and endured all the torments of hell for us. We deserve to stand condemned before the throne of God, but instead we have been declared not guilty and have received the righteousness and holiness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Through baptism, we have been reborn and we have been adopted as God's own dearly beloved children. Our sinful nature has been crucified and has been atoned for on the cross. As Paul writes, we know that our old self was crucified with him to make our sinful body powerless so that we would not continue to serve sin. This is the amazing contrast that we see in baptism, where we see both death and life, 
We see the death of our old sinful nature as it is crucified and buried with Christ. And then we see the rebirth and new life of faith that is born through the waters of holy baptism. Because of that, because we have been reborn, we have now been freed from the power of sin. Through baptism, we died to our old way of life and have been reborn into a new way of life. Dear friends, this new way of life is in Christ where we are surrounded by his love and his forgiveness. Because we died to sin, we now live in Christ. And baptism empowers us to resist the temptations of sin. Baptism is what gives us our new identity. Not to identify as sinners any longer, but instead to identify ourselves in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the joy that we have in our baptism. A few weeks ago, as I ministered to that elderly member as she was on her deathbed, I was able to remind her of her blessings of baptism. That just as we are connected to the death of our Lord and Savior through baptism, we are also connected to his resurrection. And she was able to take comfort in that knowing of the victory that Jesus had. Our Savior did not stay dead and buried, but after three days he rose again glorious in victory, destroying once and for all the power of sin, death, and hell. The Apostle Paul writes, We know that since Christ has been raised from the dead, he will never die again. Death no longer has control over him. Just as we are connected to his death, we now are also connected to his resurrection through baptism. This is why the liturgy that we use for Christian funeral begins with a remembrance of baptism. So that those who grieve and mourn the loss of their loved one can be comforted with the assurance that because their loved one was baptized in Christ, they now have been buried in Christ. That they are going to sleep in the Lord. And just as Christ was raised from the dead, so they too will be raised from the dead. We also have that assurance that death has been defeated. That death is not the end of things for Christians. Death is just the beginning. We will have the glorious joy of living with our Father for all eternity. And on that last day, we will be raised to life in glorious new bodies, free from all the harm that sin has done. And we will live in eternal joy in heaven with our Father. That is why we are able to say and sing as we did in our opening hymn. Though I lie in dust and ashes, faith's assurance brightly flashes. Baptism has the strength divine to make life immortal mine. Because of our baptism, the Apostle Paul encourages us to consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Dear friends, through the waters of baptism, we have been freed from the slavery of sin. We are, now long, we are no longer bound to our old sinful way of life, but instead have been reborn. We are able to resist the attacks of Satan in our life and we are now able to live as God's children.
And because we have been reborn as God's children, we now seek to live our lives of faith as God wants us to. Baptism has given us that power. Because we have been reborn, because we are clothed with the holiness of Christ, we are now able to do the things that please our Father in heaven. We are now able to do good works that are good and pleasing in his eyes. We do this because we have been freed from sin. We do this because we are God's dear children and our identity is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are dead to sin and alive to Christ. And so each day we seek to do the things that please our Father in heaven. Martin Luther encourages us with these words from his explanation of baptism. Baptism means that the old Adam in us should be drowned by daily contrition and repentance and that all its evil deeds and desires be put to death. It also means that a new person should daily arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, baptism is a wonderful and amazing blessing from our Lord. Through it, we are intimately connected to the death burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We have been freed from sin. We now have a new identity in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And yet we also know that every day of our lives, we struggle to drown that old sinful nature that is in us. And Satan, that old accuser, loves nothing more than to constantly point out and remind us of the times that we have failed. Satan wants us to focus on our sins. Satan wants to rob us of the comfort of our baptism. He wants to destroy our faith. Satan wants us to focus on our sins, to give in to doubt and to despair and to wonder, can God really forgive a wretched sinner like me? And on those dark days of our lives, on those hours late at night when we lie in bed tormented by our consciences for the sins that we have committed, in those moments we can cling to the promise of our baptism, that we have died to sin, that we have been reborn through the waters of baptism, that we are God's dear children, and we can throw back in Satan's teeth what we sang in our hymn this morning, Satan, hear this proclamation. I am baptized into Christ. Drop your ugly accusation. I am not so soon enticed. Now that to the font I've traveled, all your might has come unraveled, and against your tyranny, God my Lord unites with me. Amen.